stand-up comedians are talking about Zoom mics, which is what <laughs> happens when you know. Honestly, that's exactly what happens. We've got microphones in the house in the hizzy. Grab two there and roll with the two. If you like, or however you feel good about it, you can socially distance, wear masks, or whatever makes you happy. Oh, I thought you were saying that to me as I put my fucking chair down. Oh, no. Oh, we're all pretty six feet away. Sure. I mean, if Joe Rogan can do podcasts, we get to do them too. That's the way. That's the way it works. It should be called a physical distancing. I I do social distance. I don't talk to my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Is that social distancing is not the new ghosting? That's not. It's easier to. I mean, how? I mean, I'll ask it. How have you guys been dating during COVID? Has it worked out for you? I've been on two dates all of COVID. And were they with people you didn't know? And how long did it take you before you removed your mask? Uh, I, I took the pre- protection off midway through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you kept the mask on? <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen these COVID uh, Tinder dates at, um, at Oakland Fairyland where uh, people will meet each other on the thing and they'll have like a bottle of wine and they'll have food and they'll be like up and downing their masks for <laughs> about 15, 17 minutes. And then they both decide like, okay, you're clean. <laughs> There's no mask. And about so go home with COVID. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much like I want to have sex with you at some point, so, you know, we're going to have to take this Why out. would I need to see your face then? I think I gave you the one mic that doesn't work. Me? really sad. No, uh, oh. Rob, I'll, I'll switch I'll it out. I'll get another one. Sure. Uh, y- uh, yeah, pi- I mean, good luck. I, that's the one that has the double tether. See if one will reach all the way to the – everything gets confusing. They're all on, though, so – there we go. Let's figure it all out. Yay! Mutiny Radio has it all figured out, sort of, but not really. Uh, but yeah, dating in COVID, I haven't. I've been single all through COVID, but I wear uh, my old wedding rings because I'm trying to keep the flies away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want anyone <laughs> to spit in my mouth or anywhere near me. It's like the wedding ring is kind of like a mask. Y- yes. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it keeps it's more effective. Can you hear me, Pam? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have been trying to date. Remember one time I brought one of my friends over to your place, and you were just screaming at him, you're fuckable, for 30 minutes? Yes. Well, I was. I don't remember that because I was I uh, blackout it. drunk, I'm sure. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a very uh, – that seems to be a common COVID thing for Pam to do. <laughs> but I, I am trying to, to feed myself as well. Uh, yeah, so now we have multiple microphones, and we're going to figure it all out. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, yours works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll switch them, and then everything. It. Now we've now we've got it going on. Now we've figured out the whole juju. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So dating in COVID, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just that from every man in the fucking room. I mean, I don't really – I'm not into, like, the whole dating app thing so that was different because i haven't really been doing that before yeah and it's i don't know it's just weird for me i've never i've never internet i've never internet app dated either ever have you ever had a profile yeah i like oh, I made some when, oh, okay. when covid started because you know i i had <laughs> two yeah. months in i've yeah. had profiles before but like it never nothing ever comes through it like i just i i'm horrible at replying to texts or messages or anything like that so it's like it just it doesn't fucking work 
It's a like whole only, different language, the though. The only when way I've that. used Tinder, this is a true story, the only way I've used Tinder is I got all my guy friends in a circle, and we uh, we'll put our preferences towards male. And then we all found each other, <laughs> selected each other, and we used it as our own private chat rooms. Oh, that's cute. That's, <laughs> that's really hilarious. smart. That's, that's depressing smart. too. <laughs> smart and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> they got people on, co- on uh, the dating app. I don't use dating apps because I have self-esteem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> me too. But um, they got on the profiles. They're like, I have antibodies or whatever, and like that apparently works. Wow. <laughs> I mean, whatever I mean, you got to do. <laughs> I got my back. I'm actually afraid to take the vaccine only oh yeah. only because I'm a very, very sensitive person and not just emotionally, like physically. And I'm often allergic. I go into anaphylactic shock for many reasons. Ampicillin, penicillin, a variety of things. Weird dyes, desiccants in coconut. Anyway, so I'm afraid that there's something in the vaccine, in mm. the juice that delivers it that might hurt me. So I want to see, I want to wait and see just because I'm one of those like 0.001% of people that like the thing that puts the pill together, I go into anaphylactic shock. And the crazy part is a lot of people have that same, uh, you know, mentality that you do, but you're one who actually has reasons for it. I heard, I was, I was watching uh, this uh, 60 minutes story and uh, the uh, general was in charge of like distributing all the stuff. He said that 40% of nurses so 60% of nurses don't want to take it, mm. and 40% of doctors don't. So if our fucking professional healthcare ser- workers don't want to take it, mm. what does that say about the general population? You're mm. also forgetting that Pam has smoked cocaine boogers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I, have you ever questioned the nature of your own reality? Yeah, like every day. Like I'm constantly existential, so I'm overthinking everything, I'm sure. But also – Think like if I get stung by a bee, I have about ten minutes to live. So, like my views on mortality are. I mean, I have uh, I have very serious views on mortality, and I don't want to die because I did take DMT once, and I did talk to the aliens, and mm-hmm. I realized I don't want to die. I want to stay mm-hmm. alive as long as possible. So, nice. I walk. I try to eat good food. I try not to drink too much. Ha! I <laughs> <laughs> I only do cocaine on people's birthdays. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really locking it down. Okay? Pam, 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 technically it's somebody's birthday every single day of the Um, year. Okay, find the loophole for me, Hunter. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's That's what I do for my friends. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Thank you. Wow. Anyway. Like, you know Frosty's death hurt me more than everybody else because of that. Oh, (laughs) I know. Oh. It's a... I still haven't really come to grips with the concept yet. My favorite story thus far was uh, Patrick Ford, who owns the Alameda Comedy Club. A year ago, he said that Frosty gave him a bag of shrooms for him and his wife, and they put them somewhere, and they lost them. And on Christmas morning, they found this bag of shrooms. This year? miracle. I know. Well, it was like the – so obviously, Frosty is now the patron saint of lost drugs because, like, (laughs) some Roomba that they had, like, pushed out the drug. Like, on the morning that he died, they found the shrooms, and I was like, oh, my God. Those weren't the shrooms that uh, they lost. Frosty's ghost visited their house and gave them more fucking shrooms. On Christmas morning, I know. talk to them, Exactly. I was like, that is a majestic story, and I 100% believe it. And I feel like we should. Frosty, the red nosed dealer. (laughs) (laughs) The gift. Too many gifts. I mean, how many times was I uh, was I was I paid in things I wanted other than money? How many times was I paid in something I would have spent my money on? Mm. 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 
that's just taking up a middleman. That's just economically smart. Yeah. Time mm. management right there. Well, it's yes. he was a hustler. Mm-hmm. Hustler. Game sees you, game, baby. You game sees game. Yeah, one of your uh, jokes you say, like, oh, you were talking about Frosty. That was your joke about Frosty. Like, he, yeah, yeah. he ate his food. Okay, well, then my whole point is moot. <laughs> I only got I only got food poisoning once from those free chicken wings. <laughs> That's oh. enough to never uh, go to a place again. Yeah. Mm. No, I know, but as a as a food I as only a shat food, myself once. I'll go back. But yeah. as a food safety professional, I should have known. Like it was, I came to Bricks and it was like eleven o'clock, and I already knew I'm oh, not yeah. getting a Bart home. I'm getting either a ride or I'm sleeping in Oakland, and there was a. There were all the food was still there, except it was like the dregs of the food, and there were chicken wings in the thing, and I was like, mm, I'm doing it. And I mean, four hour chicken wings at 140 degrees. I mean, it's just harboring. If Arby's is going foodborne illnesses, okay. <laughs> has anybody ever gone and bought food at Arby's? I 100% believe that Arby's is a drug front. Oh, yeah. I've oh never yeah. seen a line. I've never been to Arby's. Exactly. Do you know why Arby's is called Arby's? Because they make roast beef, R-B. Oh, my but God. But they changed That's it to A-R-B-Y-S, even though R-B is roast beef. That fucking is the dumbest, whitest thing I've ever <laughs> fucking heard. Because I motherfucking love some Arby's biatch, like those roast beef sandwiches with the cheddar cheese on top. Oh, don't even t- uh, It's like this It's like this beef that isn't even beef. It's like it's like. It's Which like is why I don't beef. eat there. Oh, God, but it's the same thing as Subway. Subway is the same way with their meats. It's not real meat. It's like all the meats put together, and then they make it yeah. into, like, all the meats are a bologna. Even chicken at fucking Subway is Pam, bologna. That's it's a lot of our Arby's. Chicken. I would rather eat at a place that fucking, you know, paid a pedophile than Arby's <laughs> first. <laughs> that says a lot about the quality of food they had. So, wait, uh, let me just make sh- So, they, it was RB originally, and then they just added letters for what? No, no, they – the reason they called it A-R-B-Y-S is that it's R-B, which is roast beef, because they originally made roast beef. But instead of just calling it R, letter R, letter B, they called it A-R-B-Y-S because oh. it's cute. I'm going to start a no, thinking. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> is it, though? I mean, I, I guess. I mean, yeah. R-B's roast beef. R-B. I don't know. I ain't never heard of that. Okay. It's, uh, it's, but it's fake. It's not even – it's roast beef bologna. But that's the thing is when you uh, – there were these other meats as a child that I always wanted to eat. My mom was like, no, we're going to the deli. And I was like, oh, I don't like that real turkey with the real, it's a real turkey. That I is like the most the white privileged thing I've I ever know, fucking heard. Right? Hmm. I know. And I wanted the cheap, I wanted like the 42 cent thing that you get from Food Co. That's like, it says chicken and it's all folded up together. And it's like. Don't knock bologna. Bologna's but it's the vaccine. Chicken bologna. There's all kinds. It's just, I don't have a problem with processed meats. As uh, as long as it's now as an adult, I like them when it's like head cheese is amazing. If you go oh to yeah. like a real place and you get real head cheese, it, that's legit. But that's healthy processed. That's not commercially processed. Like, do I you guys know what head cheese is? I do not know. Okay. I'm pretending okay, to know yeah, right now. <laughs> okay, so this is the best thing. So you can take a pig head or you can take a cow head. And you scrape all the meat off the head. So the cheeks, which are the best part. Mm-hmm. The cheeks are the best part of a lamb, of a cow, of a pig. They're the most delicious. They're fatty. They're great. But head cheese is literally the head meat. But because it's all, like, pieced and parted together, and the gums and the tongue and all that stuff. And so you cook the head for a long, long, long time. And then you take all the meats and you pull it off. And then all of the bones, and you pull the bones out. But they become a gelatinous goo. And then you solidify it like a 
Ah, it's so good. It's like mm-hmm. it's all. Don't stop! I'm almost finished. <laughs> it's so. It, it's it's all tendon, and that tendon's like the juiciest, fattiest, most chewiest, best part of any mm. type of animal. It's like, mm. and then with all the gelatin from the head and all the bones, and then you make it into this thing, and then you, and then when you slice it, and it's got those jelly bits in it. Yeah. Oh my god! It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I love meat. Yeah. yeah. I was good. vegetarian for 13 years, so. I was vegetarian since. Th- since until I was 16, and then I had uh, Pan Express orange chicken that changed my weight. Oh, mm. that'll fucking do it. That converts oh, yeah. anybody. <laughs> mm. I'm vegetarian uh, every January for the entire month as like a mental exercise, huh. and that's it. You know, besides after that, then actually I no pick meat out meat January. I never tried it once yeah. ever. <laughs> vegetarian. How are your poops when you do your no meat January? Do what are, are poops? Th- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm stocked up for like a week, and then it comes out really quick. You're you be an interesting case though because I'm sure you drink as much as I do. You can never like uh, my more. my diet and my situation are never they, the the context never combines because I drink so much that drink and I eat so many spicy foods mm-hmm. that it's just like I'm just I'm just oh. hot liquid Pepsi all the time. Oh yeah, I love spicy. <laughs> my mom bought yeah. me like an entire case of hot sauce for Christmas. What like, a I mom! I fucking love it. Yeah, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Half of them weren't even hot, so I'm gonna. That is the least white thing ever. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. He's half Filipino. So um, you asked it earlier, <laughs> but what was the best Christmas present that everybody got? Ooh, Did yeah. anybody, or Hanukkah gift, or Kwanzaa gift, I don't know, whatever, Shintoism, whatever anybody does at this time of year. Uh, you start first, then. Um, I got two great gifts. One I got from Joanna Bateman, and she gave me a Venus flytrap, and I am my cats and I are trying to hunt fucking little baby flies to feed this fucking plant. We are working together. <laughs> and Tony Sparks gave me some Brandon Crawford socks. Aww. Aww. Don't Venus flytraps only close three times? No, in well. Life or something like that? So pretty much you're trying to like shorten its lifespan? No, um, you don't want to ever touch them with your finger because you don't want to fuck with them. Um, they only eat live flies. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to trap them together and stick them in there. But it keeps growing, and it grows in a swampy place. And maybe my place is too cold. I really want to keep this thing alive. Mm. I want to have this Venus fly pl- trap for a while. I keep orchids alive, so I feel like they're similar in nature, maybe. I don't know. Favorite uh, Christmas gifts, Raul? Dude, I got, um, I got a Rob Zombie shirt. That was nice mm-hmm. <laughs> for my friend. I went to, um, I spent Christmas in Vegas with my friend because um, my friends don't celebrate. Um, I got <laughs> Rob Zombie shirt. I got socks. But Vegas is not shut down? It is not. It's 25% capacity. So and you got to gamble? Oh, no. I'm 20. Oh. Yeah, but. Um, you can still gamble at 20. You just can't drink. Right? Wait a minute. So you went to Vegas and you can't partake in any. The only well, thing you can have is hookers. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. And um, oh. I was in the out, like the out. North Las Vegas. Okay. Um, it was the the shitty part, I guess, but it was it was great. I loved Good. it. Um, did a lot of heroin. <laughs> oh, don't do that! Come on, you're not supposed to do that stuff. There's too much fentanyl and everything. You got to be scared. Hey, got to be scared. Okay. Let it. Well, then you know what? How about this? I'm not gonna tell you what to do with your life, but just make sure that whatever you buy, you see someone else do it first before you do it. Hmm. You know I am I mean? willing to be that guinea pig whenever you fucking <laughs> need no, me. No, don't be the guinea pig. Joking, You're too man. young. I don't want any of you to die. So I gotta go find a nice seventy-year-old to just test it out. <laughs> just, 
just make sure that whatever batch you're buying, you've seen someone else do it before you buy it. I so you. that you know that it isn't going to kill you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if it has fentanyl in it, you don't know. And there were, there were three kids in the hate a year and a half ago that all thought they bought meth. And it had fentanyl in it, and they all died, and they were all just one, two, three, right, right there dead. They're yeah. putting fentanyl in weed now, which is insane. Which is, which is ridiculous. It's but a waste fentanyl, of fentanyl and meth? What are you? Why would you? There's you're already no. gonna kill yourself off meth anyways. No. Slowly. Slow. Yeah. Slowly over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A- after you can't feed yourself anymore because you don't have any teeth left. Stop defending my father. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your father's meth voice. Hunter, what was your best Christmas gift? Um. Oh. I don't know. I didn't really get any like really astounding Christmas gifts. I got like a bunch of little tiny ones, you know. Uh, there was nothing really that stuck out, so I'd have to go to with just money, which means I used that money to buy cocaine. Oh. So I technically got cocaine. Best Christmas gift ever. There you <laughs> go. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Rob, best Christmas gift. Know. As a kid, probably a PlayStation. As an adult, it was probably fuck yeah, weed and a blowjob or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's something nice. Like that. That's what yeah. getting old is like. Yeah, you get blowjobs. All right, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> is that what happens? PlayStation. I think a PlayStation. Or nah, that sounds fucking weird. I don't know now. Fuck, am I, I'm questioning. <laughs> Dilemma of now. every single man. <laughs> PlayStation or blowjobs? Uh. I just. I've never been a video game person, so I have no. I mean, I okay. So I get it that it's active and passive at the same time, and that it's something that you can immerse yourself in, where you don't have to deal with the world. And a lot of people use video or screen time or, or TV or Hulu or whatever the fuck they use, Netflix, is that is that disengagement time where they're like, I'm not a part of this world, I'm putting myself somewhere else. Except that you're sort of active because you are engaged, you're doing something. So I kind of get it. You it's have like, other methods of disengaging with the world? Well, I read books. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's what that was How old are you again? I read books and do drugs. I smoke pot and read poetry. Like, I'm like that's how I disengage from the world. I'm like, ooh. Um, but I don't. But I. But I could never play video games because um, I have linear dyslexia, meaning I don't know my right from my left ever. So even as an adult, like. If someone's like, which way do we go in a car? I bang the window. I'll like go this way or Why? that way. Because I can't, I can't figure out, I can't remember that this is right. Why are the thinking. smartest people in the world the fucking dumbest? Mm-hmm. Pam has doctor's degrees, but she <laughs> will get lost on a fucking street sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm good with maps, but I just can't, I can't tell. I have to, it takes me a second to realize that this means left and this means right. Even though I know this is the way to go, I can't go turn right. I have to be like, this mm. way, this way, mm-hmm. because my brain, but it's the same way with video games. It's like yeah. up, up, down, down, left, right, nothing. So when I play, I'm actually very astute at Tekken 3, Dr. B, um, also <laughs> Eddie Gordo, also Eddie Gordo, because I put the player on my on my lap like, um, like a piano, and I play it like a piano, and I just random button, just mash, 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 random button mash, and I'm almost unbeatable. Also in... Um, Soul Calibur and the stole still burns. Like, random button play on that murders every time. Can I open up about something that's like that shows how much of an idiot I am? Like, we all have that like really stupid thing, right? All the time. I've never memorized the months of the year in order. What? Never did. I sing a song. Never cared to. I don't even know about the song. Don't sing it to me. This is something (laughs) moment of pride. I, I've never memorized. I can go January, February, March, April, June, July. What happened in May? I think you have some PTSD surrounding May. 
I, my brother was born. I would remember that month. Everybody else was talking about that 6'4", 275 beast. He wasn't that, guy. that big that when he was born. Like, yeah. my poor mother. <laughs> well, I'd forget May, too. He was born in February. I, I, don't, oh, I don't know. Okay. Nothing really happened in May. I just, I never memorized it. Wow. Oh, don't fucking judge me. We didn't I'm judge you. I'm not. I'm not. I just, I, ba- back when I was a kid, we had to memorize all kinds of things from numbers in that thing, the whole memorization table up to 12 Zs. We had to know that all wrote and like Bible verses. There was all this stuff we had to memorize. Days of the week suck because they all end in Y. I can't do that. There know. are seven of them, though. But. It's twelve <laughs> months. Etymologically, <laughs> 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 you forgot. Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big five. Etymologically, <laughs> 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 you can break down the days of the week because they're based off the Norse mythology. Memorize them mm. in Spanish, which are also well. Then they all in an Viernes or S. Thursday is everything is Thursday. Thursday. Friday was Frida's day. Frida. Thor was Wednesday's Odin's day, and that makes no sense. Like, there's nothing remotely you know connotated to his name. Woden's day. Odin. Odin. O-D-I-N. <laughs> he was one of the Norse gods. He was Thor's daddy. Really? There Odin. you go. Odin came before Thor. Thor yeah, which so one's the one that fucked everyone? That's Zeus. Never mind. That's Zeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeus. Different, different. No, that's Greek. Those yeah, are Greek, Greek gods. Okay. Greek. The Greek gods. The Greeks fucked everybody. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, Leda and the Swan. Anyway, good yeah. stuff. Look at us getting all historical. Instead of it's better to get historical than existential. I don't want to talk about French existentialism right now. Do you fear death? Could. Of course. Uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> Who doesn't fear death? There's a pathological fear of death, though. Like vo- I was reading the Wikipedia page of Harry Potter, and I learned that Voldemort. I, I didn't. I never read the books, but Voldemort has a pathological fear of death, yes, and that is his one weakness. Fun fact about Harry Potter: My cousin slept with Daniel Radcliffe for several years. Wow. She dated Whoa. him. During when the movies are going on, well, I was hoping your alcoholic. cousin. I, I was hoping your cousin was a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have a lot of cousins. You know, we could have ran through the family. No, like, look it up. All of Uniac, Daniel Radcliffe. She turned him to an alcoholic, and he had to go to rehab. Wow. Which means I'm the least alcoholic person out of my family. Oh, to right. turn a British person into an alcoholic and send them to rehab. <laughs> Damn. Which one was da- Which one was Daniel Radcliffe? Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Harry? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. He's a good little actor. Uh, he <laughs> was. Like you said little. Well, no, I mean he was a young short? kid, and now no, well, he was a young Tell kid, and short. now he's an adult. And there was a movie that was like Swiss Army Man. I that think was it was good, called. Yeah. It was great in that. I was like, what? Talk about existential. He played a dead guy too. That's all. It was <laughs> his best acting role was doing nothing. Unbelievable. The actor for Dudley, Dudley Dursley, has actually been killing it lately. I don't know who that actor is. Du- I know uh, who Dudley is. He's the Wait, brother. Did you ever see uh, The Old Guard? No, I don't know that. The Old Guard? The Old Guard? Uh, he was also, he's in a lot of new things. He lost hella weight. Okay. He doesn't look recognizable at all. What's his name? You see Queen's Gambit? Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, the uh, the chess master that she beats in the first like open tournament. The hot one that's gay that she ends up having a crush on that turns out to be gay? No. No, no, no. no. The one with the fucked up teeth. That's why I have to go. That's him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, super skinny. Oh, damn. Well, you know, no one listens to you unless you're skinny and pretty. <laughs> <So> what? <laughs> <we went> <laughs> <laughs> you say something. 
<laughs> Were you speaking just now? Mother <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. I've just been wondering. I'm kind of excited because I'm going through menopause, and when I actually lose all of my womanly bits, do I grow a dick? Like, what Ooh. happens? Do I get to be considered like a dude? Once I no longer can birth babies, am I then on the same playing field as dudes? As a white man? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe white man is just girls with menopause. That's <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You might be. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Unless anybody else has a problem with it. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Wait, okay. so uh, menopause means you can't get pregnant anymore. Yes. So, so menopause. Code. So what what happens with ladies' bodies is that uh, what happens with babies, with, when babies are in the uterus until they're like, I don't know, 17 weeks or something, mm. they have all the same parts. And then at some point, um, the ovaries become ovaries and the balls become balls and the clit becomes a clit and the clit becomes a dick. Okay, so there's a thing with genetics or whatever and then little boys and little girls. But in the beginning, we're all exactly the same. Which is why men don't respect women. You had the option we had to be one of <laughs> us, and you <laughs> fucked it up. I, well, we had the same. What we have oh XX and you have XY. So we're exactly the same until a certain point, and then it sort of changes. And then when women have ovaries, so when me, but when men have balls, their sperm is limitless forever. Like even fucking old. Dude, oh, yeah, Playboy yeah. guy, forever, forever, old fucking, say his name, the Hugh Playboy Hefner. guy, Hugh Hefner. Mm -hmm. it, he was not shooting blanks. His When his balls shot the goo, the goo had sperm in it. Even, even when you get old, maybe there's less sperm, but there's still sperm in there. But with ladies, you have a certain amount of eggs that your body is born with. And they come out every month. It's like this egg, this ovary lets out an egg, and then the next month this ovary lets out an egg, and egg, 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 egg. And sometimes double eggs come out, and they both get fertilized, and then those are like fraternal twins. Mm -hmm. And sometimes one egg comes out, and then it splits, and those become like actual twins. Those are all different things. But like, but fraternal twins are when your ovary lets out two eggs in this one month, and there's enough sperm in there, and the different sperm get in the egg. That's why they look different. I thought fraternal twins are the ones that looked alike. No, fraternal twins are the ones that look different. Okay. Identical twins are the ones that are the same. Right, okay. So a fraternal twin is when your ovaries double egg and double sperm gets in the double egg, which is why it could be a boy and a girl or whatever and a whatever. But it's like your, your ovary is double egged. But when you double egg like that, you lose eggs later. So... For me, I started ovulating when I was 14. I'm 46. A at 44, I went from every month, every month having a period like ovary, egg, 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 every 27 days, every 21 days, and then a couple days period, egg, 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 egg. And then it went to every like three months all of a sudden. And I was like, what going on? Am I pregnant? I took a pregnancy test. I have an IUD. I'm not pregnant. What the fuck? And I went to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, you're starting menopause. And so then it was every three months for a while, and then it was every four months, and now I haven't had a period in like six months. So my eggs, I have like maybe hopefully six eggs left. I just want the eggs, just get them out of me. Let's just let this be done. Yeah. And then and then once the eggs stop coming out, there's no more, it's not that there's no more estrogen, but it's like, I don't know, my hormones will change. And maybe there's more progesterone. Maybe I become and that's more dude-like. Comes in. Well, no, but that's when all the hair comes in. You know when you see like women over fifty and they have these like weird long hairs on their face, mustache. mustaches, and all mm -hmm. this shit. It's because they don't have estrogen to 
to counteract the progesterone, and so they're suddenly like getting all their boy goo out of the body. Boy goo is something and, else, like, Pam. Boy goo, but no, it comes out of your like face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen it. old women with beards? <laughs> it's man cum. Okay. Well, it comes out of our face like little hairs and stuff, and it's so weird. So I'm kind of excited to see. But here's the other thing that happens. Because I used to, every month, women get crazy. Imagine when you only have one egg every six months, and everyone's like, geez, Pam, why are you such a maniac? And it's like, I'm going to menopause. And I don't have any kids or family to yell at, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think this podcast is done. All the men are gonna leave right fucking now for their own safety. <laughs> no, I mean I you should. I mean I don't have a Harvey Weinstein vibe. I'm a little too small to overpower any of you, and I don't have a bathtub here, so no that <laughs> attitude. The bathtub was way too specific. <laughs> well no, Harvey Weinstein that's why up? he tanked Mira Sorvino's um okay, you know how Mira Sorvino was like amazing and the Mira late night. I know, exactly. In the late 90s, she was amazing. Yeah. And why did her entire um, career get tanked? Because she was in Harvey Weinstein films, and he invited her up to one of his hotel rooms, and he was in a bathtub, his fat, ugly, gross, fucking tiny pud in a mm. with his coming out of the bubbles. And he's like, Mira, Mira, Sofina, touch my dick in the bathtub. And she was like, fuck you, you're gross. And so he said, well, fuck you, I'm going to tank your career. And he tanked her career. Uh-oh. He did the same thing to the pretty girl who was in... Um, Every pretty girl, actually. Well, um, but Rose McGowan. Oh, so what? Rose McGowan in the late 90s, she was a jawbreaker. She was married to um, fucking, um, he's ooh, so great, and he's so scary, and he's a singer guy, and then he'd wear boobs, and he'd wear, like, nothing, and he was so weird and so creepy, but Marilyn Manson. Uh, so uh, they, but he did the same thing to her, and then he tanked her career. And so there were a uh, lot of there was a lot of women that did touch his dicks in bathtubs because they were like, "What else am I gonna do? Look what he did to Mira Sorvino and Rose McGowan in the late '90s." Because the casting couch is called a casting couch for a reason. And so, la 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 la. Rose it's McGowan is still she's still out there. She's yeah, she got she survived. I guess. Yeah, because she of. fucking said, "Fuck you, establishment. I'm hot and amazing and a great actress." And a very sexy lady, and I can do it on my own. And she tried her best, but she could have been a superstar. Mm. But she said no to Weinstein. So. You think that there's a void now, now that Weinstein's gone in Hollywood? A void. rape void? A what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sounded so excited. Like, there's a void well, that I can take up? Are you saying, look at how many hand jobs I could get? Any position that needs to be filled. You know, <laughs> let me tell I'm you. I'm to take this base. Let me explain to you how hard it is to try to Weinstein people. It doesn't work. <laughs> like, I've tried. No, I'm kidding. I haven't tried. No, I've never, I've never threatened anybody to uh, remove their... Stage time for sexual purposes. I've never done that. I have gifted people stage time in hopes of sexual purposes, but I have oh not no. ever demanded. I'm the rep- only person who she uh, lit me during this entire mic. That says a lot. <laughs> oh, baby doll, you did like ten minutes. Come on, you really uh, ten minutes doesn't stop, and it's an open mic. I mean, it's not like I'm. I'm that was so constant. Like, imagine if that was in any other, you know, uh, uh, scenario. Baby doll, you did ten minutes. Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I call every. I call my cats baby doll. Come on. 
<laughs> I know, Pam. I just love fucking with you. Okay. That's the great yeah. thing about I'm comedy, you know? Everyone can be Weinstein. It's like opportunity for mean. everyone. That's when, when when there's a female Weinstein that I can fucking get rich. That's when <laughs> that's when we'll be equal. It's called Mitzi Shore. It's called it's called Mitzi Shore and she died. Oh, she it's called Mitzi Shore. She fucked all the young comedians. She fucking did it in the eighties and there's all these stories about Even her son girls. Polly Shore? Shore. He's not <laughs> oh, that that's, pretty. That's, that, that's his mom, yeah. That's he did mom. it he did his own. How'd he get stage time? I, I mean, I'm uh, childbirth. <laughs> yeah, childbirth. I mean, he's, he was already inside. nepotism is real, even if women are doing it. Uh, but there's, but he's also. I mean, uh, he had a tagline. He's fine. Uh, but Mitzi Short in the '80s, uh, she fucked all the comics, and a lot of women were like, "You just can't get in with Mitzi Short because you can't fuck her because she only likes young guys." And it was like, "Oh well, she's got all the power." And all the Equality. Yeah. Need another one of those. Yeah, you see how like all the men are just like that's completely okay. Yeah. Well, if that were, if that was okay, I would be treated differently in the. <laughs> Why aren't people feeding me grapes on a fucking days? Because grapes can't that? be turned into edibles, Pam. Uh, actually, they could. <laughs> see, you would know. We found a way. <laughs> Wait, how? I'm how? How could grapes be turned into edibles? Oh, so many ways. So if you. <laughs> So if you either peeled the grapes or you <coughs> cut them in half, you could you could soak them in pot tincture uh, and make it – you could just have like a little dessert thing of like grapes that were – so like just like a watermelon. You could take a watermelon and you know how you can put vodka in a watermelon mm. and then eat it? You could mm. take – you could take – Pot vodka and put that into a watermelon pot. and serve yeah potka oh, or piski. Piski I think is better for such a purpose because it has better flavor and especially in a watermelon. But you could take one of those little baby watermelons um, from like Trader Joe's or whatever, and you could put a little hole in it and put some pot tincture in the thing and let it all soak up, and then you would have weed uh, watermelon. But you could do the same thing with grapes, and it'd be more fun with watermelon. I think mm. there's a there's a billion ways to deal with weed. There's a billion ways to drug people. Yes, <laughs> and never without their knowledge. I, I've never, I've never dosed anyone without their knowledge. Really? Like, mm-hmm. I always let people know. I got, I made a wedding cake once, and it had weed in it for my friends. And I like stood by the wedding cake, and I made multiple signs. I'm like, this has weed in it. And they're like, how much? And I'm like, <laughs> how big a, how big a slice you take? So at the beginning of the wedding, like everybody was sort of normal, and then at the end of the wedding. There were all these old people just like shoving cake into their face. It was super fun. It was oh super fun, fun mm-hmm. times. Um, but I made sure that everybody knew. Mm. I remember uh, when we went to uh, our comic buddy Casey Scannell's wedding. Mm-hmm. He was a comedian who was a girl for a couple years ago. He stopped. Yeah. He got married. And uh, Pam got so drunk, she uh, tried to run up to the microphone left or the people do for best man speeches and try to do a fucking set. I did. <laughs> at the wedding. And then, yeah, you don't even remember this. No, I do. Yeah. And then you ran up to me. I was like, Hunter, I'm so proud of myself. I didn't do a set. And I was like, where the fuck have you been for the past hour? <laughs> <laughs> was it at least a comedian wedding? They, yeah, it was they, a comics wedding, yeah. This was the best wedding because they, when you got there, before you sat down to actually watch them do the vows, they had wine. They were pouring wine for everyone. I'm like, this oh, is yeah. a fucking wedding. Yeah. They weren't like don't drink until the ceremony's over. They're like, no, no, drink during the ceremony. We are totally down with this. I was like, yay! Yeah. How weddings are meant to be. Yeah. This their is a party! W- their cake was in the shape of a bong, all right? Like, they partied. They partied. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I pretty much bought my way into that wedding. Not purposefully, but, like, every single time we were doing a mic at a Brainwash, Casey Scannell was there. I was like, Hunter, want to smoke me out with a spliff? And I smoked him out every single, like, 
day for two years. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll buy that Bobby. I love that man. Case Scannell, if you're listening, come back to comedy. I know, really. Him and Kikoa O'Brien. Kikoa O'Brien is one of the comedians that I miss so, so much. And he was a brainwashed comedian. Mm. And he was very, very funny. And he started producing shows and stuff. And then he got married and disappeared, too. So I think that marriage and comedy might not be mutu- they might be mutually exclusive if uh, unless you're already established yeah yeah because like there's a lot of like you know <laughs> comics of like you know my wife or my husband's a bitch you know type jokes but they've already like made it before they get married well it has to be i guess or they your die. sole source of income like if anybody wanted to like i would never get married again because marriage is just the only reason to get married is if you have money or you want to get someone else's money or you want to buy a house yeah. and you need the tax breaks so, th- other than that, there's really no reason to get no married. Pussy. For love. No, no because no. you can get <laughs> pussy. No. no. Honestly, <laughs> like. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm 26. I don't know anything about marriage. Just don't. But no, the <laughs> only reason to get married is if you have money or she has money or you want to buy a house or you want to combine your resources. Uh, there's There would be yeah. no purpose Take in me getting married at this point okay. because. I don't want to give. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. The Iron Throne. Yeah. How do you think? How do you think? Combine the houses. How do you think marriage happens? Combined. Like you get married and all of a sudden you're the king of Game of Thrones. Well, that's what my point is. You did it for more power. You combine the houses. Right. You combine the houses exactly. Oh. Yeah. So it, that's really the only good reason to do it. Other than that, it's just a bad contract. It's just a bad contract. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wins. It's uh, it's it's way better because otherwise. It almost becomes this weird code. Of, I'm telling you, since since I've been quote unquote single, my relationship with Jonathan's never been better. <laughs> like we're now that we're not in each other's faces 24 hours a day, living together all the time, exactly. like all up in. Like I, I used to feel guilty about not watching TV with him, and it's like I have so many things I wanted to do. I'm like I don't want to fucking sit here and chill. Like sometimes I want to sit here and chill, but I love it when we like plan time together and then we like have sex and watch TV and do whatever. But it's like that's for like six hours once a week, and that's great. But I mean, I was just not getting it. Neither of us were getting anything done. And then he was angry at me because he's like, "I'm living your life," and I'm like, "You don't have to live my life. You don't have to do this." And so identity theft is not a joke. (laughs) no well it's not it's just i feel like the best relationships are when each person has their own life Mm -hmm. and that when you spend time together it's all joy and wonderment and super fun times and all of the all of the marriage shit is bullshit why do you have to deal with every the the way their poop smells and you have to live i think everyone should maintain their own residences and only come together for good i even know i even know co-parenting relationships that are amazing where parents only I know one mom and she's the most amazing mom and she co-parents with another dude and because they have kids together every second that she spends with her children is perfect and amazing and it's crafted and gorgeous and they like it's she, she makes the time count so that when they spend time together it's great like one of the reasons I might hate my mom so much is we spent so much fucking time together mm-hmm. it's like if you Spending absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. There's no, like, when you have cliches, they exist for a reason. And so isn't it better to not share every, I think that once you brush teeth in front of each other, the romance is dead. That's it. Unless it's after oral sex. uh, 
<laughs> well, that's fine because it's still part of the sexual act. Like if you're like, but once you start like literally combining your lives, how weak are you as a person that you need another person to rely on for mm -hmm. every second of every day? You fucking weak coward. The nuclear yeah. family was alive. I mean, uh, well, was it? I think Louis C.K. said he had like this math problem. He said like uh, love. Uh, plus, was it time minus distance equals hate or some <laughs> shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said that in one of his specials, and that's that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's around you too much, you start getting annoyed with their breathing. Like it's it's yeah. it's incredible. Your Louis C.K. comment brought this entire conversation full round because we talked ab we talked about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, somebody <laughs> who's sexually harassing people. Then we talked cool. about marriage and Bill and Cosby. It was a great yeah. joke. Yeah. I love that Bill Cosby was funny, and I do want to separate the man from the art. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Bill Cosby. Yeah. I memorized his jokes as a child. He's one of my biggest influences as a child of when I saw him in that brown suit on that HBO special. Dad is great. He gives us a chocolate cake. That <laughs> whole thing is fucking amazing. And yeah. I knew that. That sounds I different now it. with context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the Cosby Show, I love the Cosby Show. The Cosby even Cosby show. Yeah. Oh. Well, although in, in his layers to it, because now he wasn't he like a gynecologist. A gynecologist, in his, in yeah. <laughs> and I, I was thinking yeah. like, you know, maybe that's what his life was meant to be. But then he ended up he could have prescribed women drugs and played around with them illegally doing that way. But then he yeah. did it his way, and now he's in jail. Do you, you know, think he's a date like, of the woman he uh, uh, performed you know gynecology stuff on? I, I I don't know. It, it just it just, just be more make it more real for me. <laughs> just make it more real for me. I don't know. But there's layers to it now. There are there are yeah. many layers to it now. Like, but wow. I still respect the fuck out of an '80s show having a, a black male be a doctor yeah. who owned a big house in New York City with an amazing family and having a drama and it was it was changing for the landscape of what. America was. Oh yeah, that successful. Claire Suc was a lawyer too. I think Claire, Claire was a lawyer. Yeah. Two successful black people on a sitcom. I mean, there was two two seven, but that was about like unsuccessful black people. That was like, <laughs> what's, what's look that? at us being ghetto, and it's like Jack A. She's like, look, everything about me is that I wear cute clothes and I have a dumb accent. Ah, what's what's two two seven? I was born ninety four, so two, I don't. Two 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 seven was a, a comedy that was a spinoff of. Um, we're moving on up to the east side, Jefferson. which is the Jeffersons, which was mm. a spinoff of um another thing. You're talking about the Jeffersons, a cartoon? No, the Jeffersons, mm -hmm. uh. the groundbreaking, and um, there were a bunch of there were the the black sitcoms that came out in the late seventies. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so you had um you had before different strokes, you had um good times, good times. and you had um oh That's there was the other one that was. <laughs> oh, the one that was so good and it had the dorky guy and oh, his fat matters. friend. Re no, his oh. fat friend rerun, oh. and uh, fucking. The fuck so there were a few like black sitcoms, but the only one that came out of those where it was like we there was the Jeffersons where he's like I'm a successful business owner yeah. and I own this uh, dry cleaning business, and other than that, and they had a black maid who is the mother of Gle uh, Lenny Kravitz. Funny enough, the huh. black maid in that is okay. Uh, and um, yeah. there's all these like things in the, but in the late seventies there were all these crazy sitcoms. But the, in the eighties, that was what was groundbreaking is that he was a doctor and his wife was a lawyer, and it yeah. was like we're we're starting to do that now with Asians, you know. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm a half Filipino man, so like you know it's I'm really excited. Like be, 
Also, the first like real Asian uh, sitcom that I've seen is also slightly racist. It's called Fresh Off the Boat. Oh yeah. You know that's an Asian fucking slur right there. Yeah. But like it's coming out right now. I fucking love that sitcom. You know, uh, and they have Kim's Convenience, which is about a Korean man in a convenience store. And I'm we're starting to slowly that too. That's but a like Canadian one. Isn't but it's it? about Asians. Yeah, but it yeah. is. But it's it's a Canadian. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't know if it's Canadian. Like, uh, I, you know, it makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you know, now we're starting to see a lot of Asian representative in there. You know, we're starting to see a lot of new movies. Uh, Hot China's Asians taking over. Yeah. You know what? You know what actually makes me kind of mad is that Keanu Reeves never, from the beginning, claimed his half Japanese ness because he could have been like, I'm a fucking hot fucking star and i am half japanese and he could have done a lot for like asian sex symbols and he chose not to i don't blame keanu reeves for that because he's always been one of the most humble people in hollywood all right he wouldn't he never talks about himself he never does and like that i feel like if he bragged about like how you said it'd go against his character but he should have represented represent for the asians bitch you're hot yeah i didn't know he was japanese till now yeah (laughs) he's half japanese And he see, and that's the thing is like all through the Matrix, and people are like, "Where are the?" It's it's the same thing. I feel underrepresented as a woman over forty. There are where are the sex symbols that are over forty that don't have kids that aren't moms? Betty where is that trope in in movies? Just like where's the hot fucking Asian? Other than like, I mean Bruce Lee, obviously. Why do all the hot Asian symbols die young? <laughs> no, Does John Cho too. count as a hot Asian? Who? John Cho, the um, Harold and Kumar. Uh, he's a hot Asian man. Wasn't he of pretty young Asians or rich young yeah. fucking Asians? I don't know. Oh, yeah. They got all the Asians and all Asians in Hollywood in that movie. I didn't see it, but I'm. I think that Asians have a long way to go with being right. sex symbols. Like they mm. can be, and it's sad that we don't see them that way. And I feel the same way about women over 40. Where's the, you know, like, here's the thing. Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets, who is his love interest? Fucking Helen Hunt, and she's in her early 30s, and he's in his 60s? Fuck there's you. Everybody's hot. fine with that, though. Everyone's fine. There's with a old. lot of old you know, sex symbols that are women. Yeah, but that don't, like, the movie things are. When you look. Tina Fey? We, and she's uh, great, but where are the movies where she's getting with 25-year-old guys? When you look at the men that are in well, their 60s. Wait, no, not getting with 25-year-old. You want but representation specifically for getting with 25-year-old? Well, no, what I'm saying is that <laughs> in Hollywood, old men are always paired with young women. You can look at any ingenue uh. in any movie, in any comedy. Fucking Vince Vaughn, that fat fuck now, and if they put him <laughs> in a movie, who does he get to fuck? Some 24-year-old girl? He's in his 50s, and he gets – and look, oh, I don't see Sean anything wrong Connery with forever. No, exactly. Of course you don't see anything wrong with it, but what I'm saying is <laughs> the flip side doesn't <laughs> exist. And so women, when they're like, when they're like oh – Young guys are hot. Everyone's like, ooh, gross, what are you doing? Don't you have a mom vibe and you're all weird and little, little, little stepmoms are gross and those are porn. <laughs> but then, like, but no, everything's normalized about some fat fucking Seth Rogen fuckbag <laughs> getting with some 24-year-old hot bitch. Actually, it was a 17-year-old no girl and it was illegal. It's called oh. Pineapple Express. Yeah, <laughs> right? Just look at any movie and all the guys don't. All the girls have to be perfect and skinny and gorgeous. And the guys, all they have to do is be funny. 
Oh, so you get to be fat and funny and old, and women have to be perfect but and young and skinny? What happens if you're – but that's the thing, is that what if, if that's the whole thing, that's the trope that exists in society, that you only have worth if you're young and skinny and beautiful? What happens when you're in your 40s and you're still sexually viable, but are you? Because there's no representation in Hollywood. There's no representation – for hot old ladies. What about? There are a lot of representation. I just don't know their names, yeah. which is I suck. Gillen, the Gyllenhaal sister. The Gyllenhaal. Ma- Maggie mm. Gyllenhaal? I don't know. What's her Maggie Gyllenhaal is Gyllenhaal. gorgeous. Yeah, and so is and so is Jake Gyllenhaal. Kind of old. Oh, Donnie Darko, baby. <laughs> Donnie Darko. Give me some Donnie Darko. No, I mean all that existential bullshit. Like oh, he yeah. was supposed to die, but he didn't die, and the whole world gets weird. The world's going to end, but then he has to. Sacrifice himself for the whole world to exist. Very nice. It's a good story. Movie Jane Cole. Fonda. Jane Fonda's super She's hot. a fucking sex symbol. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it proves your point even more because I had to Google her <laughs> Right. <laughs> I know, and Lily Tomlin, and but are they still, and how many of them have Botox? And do men get Botox? Maybe they do. Maybe oh, yeah, Maybe Tom Cruise has had four facelifts. Who knows? But he's also 4'11", so like he's hot on screen, but like if a girl actually saw him in person, she'd be like, no, thanks. Hmm. It's. Mm. I mean, it's all. Need perce- more it's, short it's, men representation. It's all perception. <laughs> it's but it's all perception and it's all it's archetypical and what we decide are these theatrical fantasies that we engage in as a group. Jennifer Lopez. Gorgeous, okay. still. Yeah, of course. She like she's old, she's my age. Every uh, female character older. from Friends. Mm. Courtney Cox still looks good. Yeah, yeah. they all look great. Yeah, mm. I know Jennifer Aniston, but. Is it still objectifying women if they're old? Is it objectifying <laughs> what? Is it still objectifying women if they're old? No, it's called antiquing. <laughs> 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 Fuck your face. No, you can objectify women. I've been very excited about this whole mask culture because if I have my bangs down and I'm wearing sunglasses and my mask is on, my ass looks 26, and I defy you to say that it doesn't. Like, come now. <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm 46, but I'm like, I'm fucking put together. If you, if you can't see my crepey neck and my old, <laughs> like, like crepey my, neck. I know it's terrible. That's why I love the mask. <laughs> and my, the new wrinkles uh, d- coming about on my chin and my, in between my eyes. But with the glasses on and the bangs down. All right, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> that was a compliment to you. I don't Thank know. Thank you. Yeah, That's I think kind. Yeah. yeah, she can sing, though. Mm-hmm. She can also mask. She can do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Deschanel can do everything for me. I wish she could bake me bread out of her vaginal yeast. All right, how do we? Most of her characters are into baking. Are they really? Because yeah. I fuck. You ever watch New Girl? No, I I don't. I've never watched yeah, New, New Girl. Girl's, uh, Zoe Deschanel's character in New Girl's into baking. I, why did I not remember that? New Girl's hilarious. I guess I was paying attention to something else. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. I know no one looks like makeup. Although. Uh, I, I, I bake a lot, and uh, a, a lot of people now have claimed that they will not eat my foods anymore because I put witchcraft in my foods. It's called weed. <laughs> right. It's called weed or alchemy. Like, yeah, okay, baking is alchemy. Like, yeast. I'm, I'm getting – I'm making – I'm enslaving cultures to do my bidding and <laughs> fart and burp into my bread to make it rise, and I'm – fucking with them over time and then I murder them in a hot oven. Yeah, it's some fucking witchy shit. I'm gonna admit it. But it's delicious. You need to mm. stop taking acid while you're cooking. Like that's like <laughs> I <laughs> love acid. <laughs> I love acid. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I went through all of my old uh 
uh, Zach Wise, we were talking about Zach Wiseman outside, but he came over, he used to sleep at my house every once in a while. He made me this really great collage one night when he was on Super Meth. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And the cat, the kitty collage, it's so cute and I love it. And he also wrote a suicide note that night and I still have it. And I'm like, oh, Zach, your suicide note. <laughs> but this was like, this was like a year and a half ago. Uh, <laughs> Oh, where was I going with this? It's Kitty collage. It's, it's not a suicide note if the person had killed themselves. Wouldn't that be a manifesto? It is kind of a manifesto, yeah. I guess. Um, Wait, what? So what did you say? Manifesto. So what's the difference between that and a suicide note? They didn't kill themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not oh, dead so yet. So they succeeded in that. Okay. He's yeah. He's well. I still have the. I still have the letter. Uh, but he was hanging at my house. Where was I going with Zach? I'm sorry. He just flew into my head. Sorry, I don't remember. We got five minutes left. Drop the gems, boys. Anybody have anything to promote? <laughs> That's a rich cackle yeah. there for you. Yeah, there's no, there ain't nothing to promote. Actually, we can promote two things. Uh, one, Frosty Nugs. There are two memorials happening. There's one. This Thursday on New Year's Eve at 5 o'clock at Jack London Square. That's a comedian memorial for Frosty Nugs. That's on New Year's Eve. And there's one on Saturday at 3 p.m. in front of Oakland City Hall. And we're going to move over to this amphitheater area where everybody can be socially distanced. And um, the, I know the, when the Thursday one is like, they're like, these are for comedians. But the Saturday one is like all the people, his roommate organized it and one of his ex so the g the other girl who organized it is the one who was with him in the sro when he showed up when he was stabbed in the heart so this is a fun uh, story about frosty five years ago on his birthday yeah. i was at doc's clock and i'm sitting there drummer comedian aaron barrett we're drinking and frosty stumbles in and he's like it's my fucking birthday give me a shot and it's 155 <laughs> in the morning so Aaron's like, oh, man, we're closed. I can't. And Frosty's like, you're going to give me a shot, man. Come on. Pam's here. We're fucking. It's my birthday. We're having a shot. And Aaron's like, all right, all right. I'll give you a shot. So he gives him a shot on his birthday. Frosty takes the shot. He leaves. Aaron and I close the bar down. We take a cab home. At 3 in the morning, Frosty Nugs is stabbed in the heart by somebody. It might have been over an acid deal. We don't know. We don't know what really happened. But he had a knife in his heart, and he didn't know that he was, like, dying. So he gets back to this SRO where the girl who is organizing the memorial is, and he's bleeding everywhere. And the first thing she says to him is, wow, great costume. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you – what are you – this is amazing. And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, my God, this is real. And so she called the ambulance, and they took him in an ambulance. And he'd been – it, if he would have pulled the knife out, he would have, like, died Dying from bleeding out yeah. of everything because it was stabbed in his heart. But they didn't move it or anything, and she thought it was a costume, right? And so, so there's still – but there was this is the best part of the story is he leaves in the ambulance, and she's still at the place. She goes with him to the hospital. She comes back. She's living in that SRO for another week, and his blood was still on the ground because they wouldn't clean it up. And so she had to live, like, in his heart blood – for a week. Fuck. I know. Can I, can I say how badass of a man you have to be to get stabbed in the heart and not notice? Yeah. That's fucking badass. Well, but so he, the, the two of them have been drinking together since 10 a.m. So when I saw him at 155 when he got the shot from drummer comedian Aaron Barrett and then he went into this situation, 
if he would have pulled the knife out, I'm sure that he his oh, yeah. blood would be so viscous because of the alcohol that it would have just run all out. Mm. But I, pfft, I have no idea. So he survived being stabbed in the heart. Because of alcohol. Maybe because <laughs> of alcohol. Maybe. But, I mean, he lived for an extra five years. So I'm, I hope that he believed that every moment was gravy after that you know situation and and i'm 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 um, i can't believe that appendicitis would take him out but i i would say we should do a moment of silence for frosty nose but with how much cocaine he's done in his life he would not be able to tolerate <laughs> a moment of silence yeah. i want to miss that man i oh really yeah. am it's night terrors he's the only <laughs> comic i knew that always had a dab rig on him for years yeah. But we'd be out in the back patio somewhere in Oakland, and he'd be like, you want to do dabs? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm thinking he's just going to put it on a bowl. Nah, heating up the fucking nail with the stuff. Dabs are the heroin of pot. <laughs> and you can do heroin through dabs, too. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Learning new things every day. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful morning. Well, so everybody, please appreciate every moment that you live your lives. Uh, breathe and feel good about it. If things are sad, hey, remember, you're still alive, motherfucker. So that's a happy note to end on. And they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can lap off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak healing. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Hey, everyone.
everybody just letting you know that we started Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. We just had a relatively successful outdoor show, not the biggest we've ever had in the past, but uh, we had some comedians throw down some jokes, kept all socially distanced, and that was good. I'm going to be, I just got uh, some exciting stuff in the mail from Philip T. Nails. This is a record called Evidence, and it's all poetry. He's an old po- poetry buddy of mine from back in the day. So I'm going to be playing that uh, right after these messages. Susie, I need you with you in musical podcast yeah. and watch a movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5 cents. Yeah. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, uh, let's watch full-length movies. Oh, yeah, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, uh, see you next time. What's up, Oakland? Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember Killer Dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage Presents Pandementia has brought you the hottest freshest, sexiest new beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate. Featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and information are all at oaklandunicorn.com. Sponsored by Soul Sausage, Reef Disc Electronics, and True Healing Collective. Grand opening weekend, August 6th through 9th, featuring Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran. Tickets on sale now at oaklandunicorn.com. That's Oakland. Welcome to the live recording of Evidence. Oh, stop. Go on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is called The Thick Poetry of Reckless Hearts. These scars curve like hungry petals towards the confused moon that sees this and yearns. Will my mind explode as the gas station attendant once threatened? With a soul as breathless as deep water, I find in the positively charged blackness a wish on splinters that keeps painting rhythm chant of forward motion exploding, continually beginning to speak. I will not understand anything, only want to sing the collision of our skin's scream, feeling my way downtown, static rerun ghosts start to appear where there was once crime waves undulating through the migration of all desired things. Bum's poem on your tiny street brings to my ear all possible history, leaving me crazed in the jungle of my own love for you. I surrender to it. I surrender to the bending universe making way for those hips that turn freedom into a decaffeinated word, meaningless in the mouth. A definition comes through my mouth and it finds my soul, and as I bring my face away from that wild whiskey flower, there in a pool on the floor is some of my soul swirled with some of your cum, and that body of water do I name, oh God, 
what I scream when you come home from school early. Mm. Uh, you can unbutton your trousers at any time. This is a family household. This is called upon hearing that my kiss is sunshine on the bud of your lips. If my kiss is sunshine on the bud of your lips, then let my saliva be the divine rain that makes your mouth blossom. Let my tongue be an all-seeing eye upon the flower of your widening moan. Each delicate taste bud takes you in for a closer guess as to the flavor of this mad-drenched yes. Your eyes bow like shade above this garden you speak of and your skin, oh, your skin spreads like a field as I water from so many places that my fingers, like yogis abound, discover and intuit the dreams that rise from between your legs. This is a blanket apology, but the name of this poem is Apology to the Woman Whose Breasts I Could Not Stop Staring At. <laughs> <laughs> and it is also a public service announcement. I know you are human. Don't have any delusions about that. I respect you. You are me essentially walking the street just like the rest of us, but you're Breasts were heavy. <laughs> Fighting gravity with the weapons of your walk, each curvaceous entity looked loaded with enough milk to feed the largest family I could imagine. <laughs> we were just passing each other in a crosswalk. I had no conversing mouth to focus my listening eyes, no distraction to focus my pervert mind. My honest gaze fell victim to the blamity, blam, blow! <laughs> Portions of your body swinging in the sunshine looking for children and I was transfixed. I'm sorry. You must get that all the time. I hope you are on your way to somewhere where people can control their eyes control everything to stop themselves from lunging at you with kisses. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here, good to be here. Any birthdays tonight, any birthdays in the house? Okay, just wondering. Uh, this poem is called Objectifying Gaze. I love it when your eyes caress me with an objectifying gaze. I feel sacredly cheap when you do that, leapt on and fucked. And when your teeth finally let go of my nipple, the red blood rushing into them is my love moving toward you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking these woes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa! <laughs> This is called Love Song to My Sugar. Hey, baby. 
I love you in that way that sets my suits on fire. Love you in that way that makes you jump up flying, swimming past a star. Through the cities and countryside, speckled with sheep, you rising to smile and shake at their bodies and colors. Love you in the morning as the sun comes through you into me. I've been living a poem in your heart as I watch our dreams unfold in the magic as we believe together. Take this ride anywhere. I'm here on the wheel. All I gotta do is speak my wish in the presence of you and your hair flowing and heaven brings it back on the soft tips of your lips and fingers, two lips, opening to the yes of all this. I stress a detail, walking over it, breaking it with a karate laugh, spilling out busted open belly joy. Marry the boy, man, me, marry love. You make love to me, slutty and stolen, my kitten and wild jungle scream. I swing on you, throwing legs this way and that. You breathe love in this spaceship dream where everything is delicious, and you even more so. There is a song in my sugar. I got a spoon and you got a bowl. These notes loud on the keys keep opening me, keep opening me, lover. I love it, I love it. <laughs> For my Elizabeth from The Perfect Tender Night, Los Angeles, March 5th. Thank you, thank you. You're too kind. You're too kind. It's almost like someone told you that <laughs> that if anyone said anything in front of you that you should applaud. <laughs> <laughs> this piece is called Plastic Missiles. When I was little, I went into my grandma's yard and found broken plastic pieces. I'd fashioned them into strange shapes, put them together. I wanted them to be something. I would stare at their broken formations and smile. Their lines took me far from the present moment, far from the crunches of dog teeth, far from the static of nothingness. Red, black, white. A missile, a sparrow, a raging war, a rocket to a place that no one could ever know. Standing on the edge of the most dangerous border I have ever crossed. I stand with my hands open, but it's not money I want. It's your hand. My mind is an ice block, broken, into the many cocktails we call country. The earth is a tear tattooed to the cheek of an inmate ordering a hit on comedians. Rivers are reminders that even land can be broken, but lawmakers, lawmakers wanna play teachers while teachers are crucified in a basement while the unholy worship crucifixion, while the nightly news is most definitely fiction, while the librarians stand trial in a basement, 
unitinerant and holy. While the ignorant gain speed on a measly roller coaster, baby, there is no rest for the wicked. I like to say, huh? <laughs> All right. This piece is timely still. This poem, the writing of this poem was suggested to me by one of my heroes, one of my mentors, one of Mr. B.L. Kennedy, pervert madman of Midtown, Sacramento. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I walked into B.L. Kennedy's apartment and he was kind of recovering from a three-day acid trip and uh, he pointed to the Weekly World News that was there on his coffee table, and the cover of the Weekly World News said, Hillary Clinton caught in love affair with Claude the Space Alien. And he goes, write a poem about that, Philip. <laughs> write a poem about that. And so I did. And this is when she was first lady, and now she's running for office. And uh, and this poem is called Love Letter from Hillary Clinton to Plod the Space Alien. <laughs> I speak a bastard love language. Spiritually, I can't afford to go out quietly. I'm not banking on hell to keep me in line. E.T.'s titties softer than any Mac D's fed exprez jogging pussy junkies. <laughs> <laughs> I love your thousand light years stare into my neglected thighs. Somehow you recognize the power within my orgasmic soul, bringing it forth like no being ever has. With you, it's just different. Like post-WTC New York City, my body is changed. For the grander, for the fantastic, for the spectacular. And when you're smooth, Nailless fingers reach out to me in this mathematical <laughs> theorem you call night. <laughs> My body shivers like the first time I ever saw Sally Silva's panties fall from her college locker. I knew she had thick talking bush. <laughs> and ironically today your surpassing smoothness brings my womanhood to tears as I smear this hot love over your mind. <laughs> and I know the universe can be at peace even more so than my idealistic bill because I have seen the universe get it on. And I have known out of this world bliss, out of this world burst from your male body Oh, how small I feel with these earth words. When you stroke my feet in a post-Nirvana stupor, baby, lay me out as flat as your mothership. I am twice as fast. And baby, I can beam light 
and would gladly give up the food, give up the office, give up this earth for one more ride to the edge of you and your dream speak. My milky way is undulating in the secrecy and terrified in the cold. If they found out about us, if they knew about us, if they found us, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. You came a billion miles to the light and found me vulnerable. Uh. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Oh, it was nothing. Thank you. All right, uh, we are listening to Philip T. Nails and his poetry album called Evidence. Philip T. Nails used to run the red light open mic at Amnesia, which was the first uh, open mic that I ever did comedy at, and I actually used to do poetry there before with Philip T. Nails on the red light open mic, because it used to be a poetry open mic. Remember back in the days when poetry was cool? <laughs> that used to be a thing in San Francisco. Come on, it was cool, I swear. Well, Philip T. Nails was cool, and he still is cool, and this is his album, Evidence, that he sent me, and so we're gonna, we just flipped over to side two, and we're gonna listen to it. He does erotic poetry. The, the front of his album is this naked lady climbing up a building. You guys can all jack off to that later. Uh, this is Philip T. Nails. Getting and then coming. Oh, cha! Bent down, breathing. Breathe with me on a road winding through space, past the planets and Tabasco. These flames I do lick, cook my mind, deep fry my visions. This love has hot sauce on it. Mealtime, and I eat you, lover, even, yeah, even 
when you're standing way over there. Upon hearing that my kiss is sunshine on the bud of your lips, your lips, your lips. If my kiss is sunshine on the bud of your lips, then let my saliva be the divine rain that makes your mouth blossom. Let my tongue be an all-seeing eye upon the flower of your widening moan. Each delicate taste bud takes you in for a closer guess as to the flavor of this mad drenched your eyes bow like shade above this garden you speak of in your skin oh your skin spreads like a field as I water from so many places that my fingers like yogis abound discover and intuit the dreams that rise in the curls from between your legs. When I was little, I went into my grandma's backyard and I found broken plastic pieces. And I'd fashioned them and put them together into strange shapes. I wanted them so badly to be something. I would stare at their broken formations and smile. Their lines took me far from the present moment, far from the crunches of dog teeth, far from the static of nothingness. Red, black, white, a missile, a sparrow, a raging war. Silence, explosion, freedom, a rocket to a place no one could ever know. Standing on the edge of the most dangerous border I have ever crossed. I stand with my hands open, but it's not money I want, it's your hand. My mind is an ice block broken into the many cocktails we call country. The earth is a tear tattooed to the cheek of an inmate ordering a hit from comedians. Rivers are reminders that even land can be broken, but lawmakers want to play teachers while teachers are crucified, while the unholy worship crucifixion, while the nightly news is most definitely fiction, while the librarians stand trial unitinerant and holy, while the ignorant 
gain speed on measly roller coasters. There's no rest for the wicked. 1 24 15 LA. <clears throat> hey, baby. I love you in that way that sets my seats on fire. Love you in that way that makes you jump up flying, swimming past the stars. Love you through the cities and the countryside speckled with sheep. You rising to smile and shake at their bodies and colors. Love you in the morning as the sun comes through you into me. I've been living a poem in your heart as I watch our dreams unfold in the magic as we believe together. Take this ride anywhere. I'm here on the wheel. All I got to do is speak my wish in the presence of you. And your hair flowing and heaven brings it back on the soft tips of your lips and fingers to lips opening to the yes of all this. I stress a detail, walking over it, breaking it, with a karate laugh spilling out busted open belly joy. Marry the boy me, man me, like you make love to me, slutty and stolen, my kitten and wild jungle scream. I swing on you, throwing legs this way and that. You breathe love into this spaceship dream where everything is delicious, and you even more so. There is a song in my sugar. I got a spoon, and you got a bowl. These notes loud on the keys. Keep opening me. I love it. For Elizabeth from The Perfect Tender Night, Los Angeles, March 5th, 2011. Decided no one should learn. Took me a long time to understand what you were saying. There was no listening in the 22nd century, and so we weren't alive. Weren't alive. Father, father gets gets angry over what they teach in school, so they closed the schools down, down in the forest. The trees were clowns, Jewish lesbian trees who taught me the desert is my friend, the raindrops, the desert, my personal wild, the raindrop, wild animals tethered to my inauguration, I freed them with a thick slice, I was a fire traveling fast beneath the river's ever slow trickle, ever so gallop. 
slow is a steep trickle slow gallop is speed torrential is the storm torrential is the storm the light is the light is awake the still air is still moving move you have to wake up space still moving but you can't wait for the sun to set wait for the sun to set you have to run in into the was Philip T. Nail's evidence. That was fucking awesome. Sunday is for drinking. Yes, Philip T. Nail's. Yes. Well, thanks for uh, sending me that in the mail. And I will play it over and again. And Philip T. Nail's reminding me of all those wonderful times. Uh, I have some really cool people in the stew. Hey, Sarah, Jane. Sarah Jane, do yeah. you want to do you want to be on that? We might as well podcast since we're here. Oh yeah. No, that that microphone. Just take that little blue, that one with the blue thing, right where you were sitting, was perfect. Yeah. Oh perfect. Just like grab that a little bit. Chiming in, hey there folks. There we go. All right. Uh, if you were listening earlier today to MutinyRadio.fm, you heard Mr. Andrew 
uh, Sean, Rainbow Sean, and <laughs> Sarah Jane on cello uh, with their great threesome. That's the name of their band. I don't know. Maybe the great threesome. The great That's threesome. us. That's us. I think we got it. The great threesome. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was on the JW Megawake show, so you can download that and listen to them. And your songs are so catchy and amazing, and I loved your band. Thank and you. And your whole energy is like perfection and wonderment. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah. It's been such a pleasure to play with them, yeah. honestly. And being like trained as like a classical cellist and then getting to play with like more of a folky set, it's been, I've improved a lot and like learned to be more versatile in my playing. Well, you yeah. were using that cello like a bass and I was digging yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Gotta love it. And the down homie sound. Well, right now in the studio, we have uh, Josh Kahn also, who's, He's a p- pianist. He was playing. And we have Dr. Stryker. Dr. Stryker, you want to say and, hey uh, to the crowd? Hey, Dr. Stryker. Get and, in here. Uh, get, on, get on mic, too. Swing it around. You can, this here. one, you can. Oh, there you go. I can give you a new mic condom. Or and this is the doctor. <laughs> but we could, we could actually do a little. It could be interesting if you got your cello out because we've got the pianist. And we, we do. We could do a little bit of. A little we impromptu. We could do a yeah, little. Yeah, a cellist, yeah. It's in the closet. It's in the closet. She f- did an amazing set earlier on the Your JW Megawake thing. My cello's in the water closet. Is it going to come out of the closet? It's going to come out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to grab my cello? Are you yeah, going to play let's something? Let's do it. Let's get Josh on the. He's already setting up the mics because he's a badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh. A happy cello. I think it's a cello that plays with other cellos as opposed to in a string quartet. <laughs> you could grab a microphone, Sam, if you want. Uh, it looks like we're going to set up and have some uh, some like beat old-timey beat, Nikki. Earlier today, you can download it from the earlier show, the JW Megawig show. They played, it was amazing. That first song, I'm telling you, that when I get lonely, I kick it off. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, micing it up. Yeah, I'll figure out what is what. I always like flute players and trumpet players because they could just like just just put it under their arm and just and just hit the. I hate I hate them too. Sam really, I think, has more of a problem with them than I do. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, we're here, and uh, we'll set up. Get, let's get a, a microphone. Right. Will you snap in front of it so I can?
Jane and Josh Kahn. I'm a little quieter. I'm sorry if I if no, no. I was trying to balance it out. It sounded great. Uh, the radio listening audience is in for a treat. Josh Kahn and Sarah Jane. Pancake hanging out. We got Dr. Stryker on the tiny keys, on the baby keys. Okay. I love this, like, this uh, children's glockenspiel. Can we get that? Can we get the, Can I get that level turned up, please? Toy piano. Toy piano. Um, we need the toy piano. Uh, I Glock, need more. Glockenspiel is an excellent Chief Keef song. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> There's uh, microphones strewn about. Totally. <laughs> I spiel them glocks on you. I spiel them. Now I know which one is that one. Do you know any Chief Keef, Josh, on the piano? Um, no, I don't. I'll buy radio heads. What do you think about radio Oh, heads? I, where is the other microphone? Generally kind of A minor, oh, but. Oh, it's, it's right over there. Generally A minor, but it, it so shifts. There's two on the piano. Oh, there's two on the piano. And then, so there's four play hot cross buns hot cross buns see how they run see how they run i've always been a fan of tom york because i also one of my eyes doesn't open all the way so i'm a big fan of his
That was magic. That was like super magic. I like cried and shit at one point. That was insane. That was really magical. That was pretty rad. That's a song I know. I feel like we're gonna start a commercial. Play like some Game of Thrones or something for me. Like, can you do that? Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. What is what is the what is the hardest part of Jon Snow's wardrobe for him to pick out? What? It's the watch. What? I don't know. We had watches back in Middle Earth, wherever we were from. Because of the watch, he was part of the watch. We had cello back in, back in Mordor, wherever we're from. That's from Yabba Dabba Doo. That's you're thinking about that from the Flintstones with the with the with the play. Yeah, play what you want to. I feel like he's gonna start a musical now or something. It would not be the first time. Yeah, we should write a rock opera, and I think it's about pancake versus the evil waffles. 
Rivalries. I'm not gonna say anything negative about anyone. Everyone do it! Stop <laughs> all that shit. Do it, man. Spit it. Spit it, dude. What's up? Sierra wants beef. Is it gonna inconvenience another person's life? Yeah. Mauricio talks a big game. <laughs> what does he say? What does he say about? He says that he knows um, Clinton Sparks. I actually personally know him and work with his mother-in-law at sees candies that is not talking that much shit i'm sorry to say <laughs> um he said that he knew so he's talking this big game like he knows him and i'm like nah you don't <laughs> oh man he's been <laughs> but it's hilarious whatever but it but mauricio is cool i don't have anything against mauricio and i know he likes to tag me on these posts and about how he thinks I sound like Kid Rock. I'm like, thank you. Gargle my non-binary nutsack, please. Non-binary. Believe me, that's, yeah, I am. But that's that's 100%. Maybe that was too much. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's too forward, but I don't know. I mean, he, he must be doing something right because we're talking about him. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Kid Rock, so I'm not going to say anything negative about him. You know what? As I did see out of all the, you know what I mean? I've seen plenty of comedians come through here, maybe bomb a set or maybe a dozen. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a, a, a bomb set from Mauricio. And I was in tears laughing. Okay. All right. Uh, See, I'm caught. I'm caught in the middle of this rivalry, this like funny. a child with parents that are in the middle of a divorce. The, the funny thing about COVID is that the the, the high school beef Mauricio. it gets it, because people are only going through these strange social media to like interact yeah. with each other. Things are getting very high school in all kinds of ways. It I've really been getting messages from people I've never met being like, "Me too. You forced me out of this group." Isn't it great how another girl who wasn't competing with you is now out? I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? No, it's a comedian in, in New York. Yeah, it's I've so had some weird. of those coming at me too. I'm like, of New what? Jersey, New York, New and Jersey? Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm like, how did you get a hold of this? No, I'm not going to. I don't want to continue the beef. No. I don't, say her I'm name. Just saying, say her name. I'm making a generalized demarcation of time demarcation people, people are saying blame the demarcation tell us time <laughs> things are getting all high schooly and weird and it's you're funny because people aren't interacting their cookies are right there but like so but people are really emboldened so like you know how you put lol but in real life you just like smirk you don't actually laugh out loud so when somebody online says like i'm gonna i'm gonna find you and i'm gonna kill you <laughs> what they mean is like if i were to see you at the grocery store i would scowl maybe right or i would probably just pretend like i don't know you like that's the actually i think what they mean so <laughs> behind your back is also what that means yeah and tell everybody that i'm angry <laughs> I love when They'll people be like, talk shit about Oh, that person, I'm angry. Check out how angry I am. <laughs> it's such a huge compliment. Who could look the angriest? I, I don't know. I think COVID's fun. <laughs> Not you, <Blake>. I think <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> No, sorry. yeah. I got too round of a face. 
I've had. I've been having a it's great summer night. camp. It's COVID summer camp, everyone. It's like that's, that's what it feels like. Let's walk around and be creative. You want to play another song? Speaking of, can I, yeah. should I play my? Can I play my Beatles cover? You can do anything you want. Oh my God. That is like the most ornate hot cross buns. I just picture like this really simple emperor that's just like, do you want this like sonnet? Like, no, I just want hot cross buns. A full 64 piece orchestra fanfare. Everybody, everybody, hot cross buns. I like that I'm also saying hot cross buns when I have a piano in front of me. I could just. Yeah. Well. So like this on is recorder, but instead you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try to play a song. It's uh, it's so it's, it's about police brutality basically. And what I theorize is that a lot of people, that a lot of these guys that are like cops who beat their wives and stuff, like they really just wish that they would have been gay and been like vulnerable and in touch with oh, themselves. But instead, like they get into the military or whatever and get all. Get all their priorities all screwed up. So this. Well, so listen to the song and you tell me what you think. <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> Here we go. This is a Beatles. The song is parody. called. The song is called "Gay Dude." Yes. Gay dude, don't blame your dad. It's not his fault. You signed up to join the police. Remember. No matter how light your skin, you need Benjamins to not get arrested. 